Good morning. Good morning, everyone. I hate to interrupt the, all the greeting that's going on. It's so much fun to see that happen. I'm Barbara Pelletier, and my husband, Jeff, and I have been members of River Heights Vineyard for about uh, 15 years. And I've been on the volunteer preaching team for about six of those years. Uh, last week, Pete started a short series we're doing on using the Psalms to help us learn how to make it through the challenges we face in life. To kick us off, he spoke on Psalm 40. And today, I'm speaking on the topic of trust, using Psalm 46 and a few verses from Proverbs 3. Trust, in biblical terms, means to put our confidence in. As Christians, we believe and trust in God, in Jesus, in the Holy Spirit. When we just celebrated Easter a few weeks ago, which is a proclamation of our faith that we trust Jesus rose from the dead after being crucified on the cross. We trust Jesus' death and resurrection conquered sin and death. And our acceptance of this great gift gives us our salvation. We trust our eternal future based on one man. Jesus. John 3.16 says, as I'm sure most of you are familiar with, for this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Deciding to trust Jesus as my savior was the best decision I've ever made in my life. The second best decision I've made in my life was to trust Jesus as someone worth following. I mean, in order to follow someone, you have to trust them. Maybe you're wondering if this Jesus is worth following and trusting in. Maybe you're struggling to trust Jesus in a certain area of your life. Maybe you've experienced some disappointment with how things have turned out in your life, and trusting Jesus is a little difficult for you right now. All valid. Well, I'm hoping by the end of this message, you'll see trusting in Jesus, whether it's the first time or your hundredth time, is worth it. I'd like to start looking at trust by reading Proverbs 3, verses 5 through 7, because it not only comes with direction for us regarding trust, it contains a promise for us as well when we do trust. So trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do. And he will show you which path to take. Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. 
the proverb is telling us to trust in the Lord, which means to put our confidence in him. I mean, it clearly says our wisdom and our understanding is simply not enough to make wise decisions. We need something more. We need God. Yet, in all honesty, I have difficulty putting all my confidence in God alone. I mean, most often I pray and ask for guidance, but really, I attempt to figure things out on my own, and I do trust in myself instead of completely on God. I mean, I even support this strategy by giving God a scorecard in my mind about how trustworthy I think he is. I mean, I imagine I have like an Excel spreadsheet in my head that I use to keep track of how trustworthy I think God is. I have all my categories for God that I trust him in on the left-hand side, and then across the top are all the different life situations I've encountered. And then as I think God has been trustworthy, I'll put little check marks in the boxes. I can tell you the truth of it is that some of the things I judge God on really aren't biblical. For example, if God answers my prayer differently than what I asked him to, he's not going to get a check mark. Uh, if he doesn't answer it in my time frame, it has me wait and wait and wait. He's not going to get a check mark. If I face suffering and difficulties, or if I watch someone else facing suffering and difficulties, it makes me wonder about the trustworthiness of God. But it doesn't say anywhere in the Bible God promises to answer our prayers the way we want and in the time frame we have. Do you have something like a spreadsheet or some other measuring tool you use to determine the trustworthiness of God? And what criteria do you use? The way we measure the trustworthiness of God impacts our relationship with him. And the way we see him and our expectations of him impact the way we live our lives. The Bible makes it clear that we're going to face trials and suffer at times. And that we will encounter the enemy of our souls trying to kill, steal, and destroy our lives. We don't live life in a protective bubble. We engage with life, encountering difficulties and challenges. Yet we can choose to keep our eyes on Christ, trusting he will help us navigate our storms. I mean, sometimes God changes our situations. Sometimes he gives us the grace and the strength to make it through. 
and sometimes he changes us. Psalm 46 is known as a psalm of trust. It's a psalm that speaks of a time when Israel was under siege, and the psalmist reminds the Israelites and encourages them to continue to trust in Jehovah alone because he is their all-in-all and provider of safety. Have you ever felt under siege or under attack? I know I have. And honestly, as I look around this room, I see the faces of those I know have endured tremendous difficulties and challenges. And it is a blessing to me to see you still here. The themes in this psalm, while written about and for Israel, easily transfer to our lives today because the principles and the truths apply to us as individuals and the situations going on in our world right now. So I'm going to read Psalm 46 entirely, and then we'll back up and we'll look at several passages at one time. Psalm 46. God is our refuge and our strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. So we will not fear when earthquakes come and the mountains crumble into the sea. Let the oceans roar and foam. Let the mountains tremble as the waters surge. A river brings joy to the city of our God, the sacred home of the Most High. God dwells in that city. It cannot be destroyed. From the very break of day, God will protect it. The nations are in chaos, and their kingdoms crumble. God's voice thunders, and the earth melts. The Lord of heaven's armies is here among us. The God of Israel is our fortress. Come, see the glorious works of the Lord. See how he brings destruction upon the world. He causes wars to end throughout the earth. He breaks the bow and snaps the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be honored by every nation. I will be honored throughout the world. The Lord of heaven's armies is here among us. The God of Israel is our fortress. So let's back up and start with verses 1 through 3 and take a look at them a little bit more closely. God is our refuge and strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. So we will not fear when earthquakes come and the mountains crumble into the sea. Let the oceans roar and foam. Let the mountains tremble as the water surges. The psalmist tells us that things are happening on this earth that are bad. Earthquakes, mountains falling apart, the ocean waters swelling and surging and flooding. I mean, we're experiencing some of that right now with the wildfires and countries being torn apart by war, a pandemic 
we don't really need to look far to see destruction and chaos in the earth. Yet the psalmist reminds us, in contrast to all the upheaval and chaos going on, there's a place of safety we can go to. It's to God, our place of refuge. Does this mean we won't be hurt or harmed in some way by the upheaval? No, not necessarily. But it does mean that spiritually and emotionally, we can go to God and experience his strength and his help in times of trouble. Strength to make it through the challenges of our lives, whether he does that by changing our circumstances or changing us. Whether I've wanted to or not, I've been growing in my practice of going to God as my refuge. And I can tell you, it's been awesome. I have not been disappointed, not even once. Recently, both my professional and my personal situations escalated at the same time. And they pretty much collided. Everything was going wrong. I was overwhelmed, and I found myself just trying to keep my head above water. Fortunately, God, in his great mercy, provided an opportunity for me to come to him and take shelter in his presence. It happened the day we had to move my 99-year-old dad from one facility to another because his mental and physical health had taken a sudden nosedive. He went from being able to care for himself completely to being able to do nothing for himself. <sighs> Sorry, that makes me sad. The day of the move, my daughter Sarah introduced me to Stephen Sharp Nelson. He's an anointed and gifted musician who plays the cello. While we were in her car, one of his songs played. The world just stopped for me. And the music penetrated my heart and I just broke. And I cried, and I cried. In those moments, while sitting in the car, listening to the music, through all my tears, I dumped out my worries, my concerns, my disappointments, my fears, my anger, and my hopes.
when I fell apart, I found myself in the arms of God. I experienced being in his presence. I felt safe and loved, comforted. I felt his peace and his strength. My situations didn't change at all. I still had to move my dad that day. And my job was still in turmoil. But God helped me by giving me the peace and strength to do the tasks before me. And it felt like it was well with my soul, just like that song says. It was well with my soul in the midst of the upheaval and turmoil in my life. That experience for me, was more valuable than the working out of my problems. Where, or who, or what do you run to as your refuge? Where you can be reassured, reassured it is well with your soul. Is it a bottle of alcohol? Is it TV? Is it porn? Is it pills? Is it food, activities? What is it for you? See, it takes trust to go to God. To be transparent with him, transparent with yourself, to just be broken before him and trust that he'll be there for you and that he'll help you. If you've never trusted God to be your refuge or if it's been a while since you've done so, I hope you'll consider trusting him and go to him next time you need to know it's well with your soul. The psalm goes on to say in verse 4, A river brings joy to the city of our God, the sacred home of the Most High. It's in this sacred home of the Most High where we're invited to take refuge. That a river brings joy to all who are there. Originally, this city of God referred to Jerusalem, where God dwelt in the temple. But it also refers to that spiritual place of refuge God provides for us. And as we spend time with God there, the river, which is a metaphor for God's grace and love, brings us joy. Just like water can seep into the smallest of crevices, 
this river of God, through the Holy Spirit, can reach every broken place in our lives with healing and peace and joy. We just need to give him access to that. The psalm goes on to say in verses 5 through 7, God dwells in that city. It cannot be destroyed. From the very break of day, God will protect it. The nations are in chaos and their kingdoms crumble. God's voice thunders and the earth melts. The Lord of heaven's armies is here among us. The God of Israel is our fortress. See, God will not let the place where he dwells, where we take refuge, to be destroyed. He's the leader of heaven's armies. Just imagine what that looks like. Heaven's armies. And he and this powerful army are protecting that place of refuge. What does that look like? I can tell you from personal experience, it means God meets you and blesses you with his peace, his comfort, and his strength. And he protects that sacred meeting place while chaos is going on around you. The psalm continues in verses 8 through 9. Come see the glorious works of the Lord. See how he brings destruction upon the world. He causes wars to end throughout the earth. He breaks the bow and snaps the spear. He burns the shields with fire. I mean, these verses speak to the power of God. He's more powerful than anything on the earth, and it's by his hand evil is destroyed. Wars end, and peace comes. And I wonder if everyone here would be willing to take a moment while we pray for the war in Russia and Ukraine, that we would ask God to end that. So, Lord, we believe what you say, that you can cause wars to end and bring peace. We ask that your hand would be upon the situation in the Ukraine, Lord, and that you would cause this war to end and that you would bring your peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Next we see in verses 10 through 11. Be still and know that I am God. I will be honored by every nation. I will be honored throughout the world. The Lord of heaven's armies is here among us. The God of Israel is our fortress. Be still. Be still. 
kind of like telling a worm not to wiggle. I mean, being still, it's kind of difficult for me because I'd rather do something than be still. Plus, staying busy kind of helps me keep my emotions at bay. What about you? Do you find being still an easy thing to do? I mean, I want to figure things out. Um, my brain goes into problem-solving mode. I want to move things down the field. I want to figure it out. This is a huge growth area for me. I am learning to trust God as my refuge and trusting that if I am still, good things will come out of it. My experience has been when I allow myself, when I give myself permission to be still, and I have to work at that, the churning inside me subsides. And I get real about my emotions. I'm transparent with God and myself. And I usually experience peace and all that the river of God has for me. What honor and glory we bring to God when we trust him in this way. I mean, this is a beautiful partnership. When no matter what's going on around us, we trust God as our refuge place. We become still. And we let him bless us. I can tell you now, my spreadsheet has these categories on it to determine God's trustworthiness. God is my refuge. Check. God is my strength. Check. God is my help. Check. God directs my path. Check. God is with me. Check. God protects my place of refuge. Check. God brings joy. Check. Trusting God is something we get to do. It's not something we have to do. See, God knows the benefits to trusting him, and he wants us to experience all of those. I admit, trusting God is difficult at times. But I believe that's why we're here, to encourage each other, to continue trusting, to ask for help from others when we're not trusting. 
See, because I think trusting in God is worth it. And he has treasures waiting for us as we trust in him. My prayer for all of us is to grow in this area, to learn to be still, to seek him as our refuge, to let him bless us, and to gain strength and guidance from him. To trust him with all of our hearts and not lean on our own understanding. If I could have the worship team come back up, please. And I'm actually going to ask anybody on the prayer team to come forward at this time as well. And if you'll stand with me as you're able, I'm going to give you my tips for the week. I'm asking you to read Proverbs 3, 5 through 7, and Psalm 46. It's one thing to read it here together. Hello? There we go. It's a whole other thing to take time by yourself to be still and read it and let God talk to you. Pray. Pray that God will help you trust him and help you be still before him. And then do. Practice. Practice going to God as your refuge place. And let him restore your soul. Take time to be with God. Maybe start with a minute 